do there it is all right welcome back everybody so we have with us today jose gallison is that how you say it yeah i like to Never. put a little stank on it with a galison it, it's a pseudonym anyways it's fucking made up so who i just realized <laughs> i just realized i haven't had to say it out loud before um so a few weeks ago i'll just kind of preface the episode by saying this a few weeks ago um the uh the the vaccine passport kind of ideas started getting thrown around um and uh you know because there's a lot of libertarian infighting um it's just you know because the libertarians don't actually like most of them have given up on actually making any political gains so they all just kind of form their own little subgroups and fight and it's really fun um but then this vaccine passport thing happened and the Libertarian Party of Kentucky decided to have a big tweet. And the tweet was essentially, uh, you know, should we should we make the passports in the sh in the shape of a star and sew them onto our clothes? And it was such a like an offensive attention getting tweet that libertarians actually trended on two different topics on the Twitter news thing. They got they managed to get libertarian trending and the Holocaust trending. So there's, you know, two libertarian things right there, you know, libertarian, the Holocaust. So while the libertarians decided for a brief moment, kind of like World Both War made up One, concepts. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, like World War One, everybody put down their rifles and thought maybe, maybe we should take a break from, from framing the Jews and, and come together and, and, uh, you know, take a stand against these vaccine passports. So uh, for a while, all these different, you know, Liberty people on Twitter were saying like, let's all start following each other. And that's kind of how me and Jose hooked up. I saw that he had a podcast, uh, had a very good name. No way. Jose is the name of his podcast. That just makes, that's all you really need to know to know if it's a good podcast or not. Cause the name is really good. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of how it happened. So I thought, uh, we would have him on and he actually at one point said, Hey, anybody with shows out there, I'm willing to be a guest. And I thought, okay, well, that's as good of an end as I can find. So, um, so I took him up on that. And so here he is. So Jose, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Oh yeah, no problem. I only threw that out there just cause it's like, I'm like f mid forties episodes. I'm almost, I mean, not too far from 50. I mean, I'm not like some like veteran, but I, I know when I first started, it was like, you're a lot of people are scared to talk to people. I know there are a lot of new podcasters. So it's like, just throwing your name out there. I mean, I felt like a little pretentious. Like I was like some like prize to be had. I'm not, I'm just saying, I know there are people who are starting out looking for guests and they're like, they don't know who to talk to. It freaks them out. So it's just, I figured, you know, Hey, anyone look for guests? I threw it out. I probably had like four or five people hit me up. So it wasn't too bad. And yeah. I, I honestly, I love doing appearances because I'm going to reuse this episode probably about a week after you do. So I don't steal your thunder and I'm going to call an episode of mine, pull the old Tom yeah. Woods. And then it's all the pressures off me. I don't have to set the, uh, set the agenda for the conversation. I just have to talk. <laughs> yeah. And you get to talk about yourself without being a douchebag. I mean, I can do both. That's the yeah. whole point. But. <laughs> Is that possible? Can we not be douchebags? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I also noticed that you and uh, you and me and Nick are are kind of. There's a lot of similarities between, you know, kind of our personalities and our and our podcasts. So we both have that kind of like bro politics kind of you know trying to be funny, but you know we're not really that. We're not comedians or anything, but we try and. Um, you know, we laugh, we have kind of jokes, a, we laugh a little, yeah. <laughs> um, but we also, we don't, we try to have kind of like an open, you know, radio style, almost format where it's just open conversation. It's not structured or anything like that. But, uh, 
also uh, we're pretty close to the same age and uh, and you're a working dad too. We're both working dads. So if you can if you can have a podcast and make it, that gives us hope that we can do it too. Yeah, I have two businesses too. I don't know if you've heard it all, but there's, you probably could hear some maybe like light meowing in the background. Like I, I breed cats. I have a full-time job. My wife has a full-time job. I do a lot. So yeah, and I have two YouTube video, YouTube channels. I'm probably about to cut back to one. I need to do an announcement video on that. So anyone listening to this, if I haven't done an announcement video, I've been lazy and put it off. But one of the one of the channels I'm going to drop off. So uh, any anyone listening, if you want to, I mean, hit me up if you want to run the Liberty Movement YouTube channel. If you know what I'm talking about, like that one, and you know the whole mission of it and stuff, hit me up because I'm about to stop running it. But all it's, right, it's all right, someone all else right. can run it. But anyway, too early to your promos, man. That, that comes yeah. at the end. All right. Yeah, so. I, I was just being lazy. I need to do a promo, or not a promo, <laughs> but a little announcement that I'm probably going to stop doing that and try to get someone else to do it. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you? Uh, do you mind like telling us about you know your day job, what you do for a living, that kind of thing? Uh, that's on the download. No, I'm just kidding. I actually recently, oh, did. Man. I kind of came out. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you're getting at. I am active duty military. Um, uh, came out. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I came, I, I came <laughs> out essentially. I, I hadn't been mentioning it at all. Cause this is weird. It's kind of like, I don't know what I'm allowed to say what I'm not. I know I, someone, I was talking to Kyle Anzalone yesterday and apparently he was saying that like, uh, uh, God, what's his name? I can never pronounce his last name, but surgeon or whatever his name. The he's been on Scott Horn a lot. He's like, a. He's a very he's an anti-war lefty guy, uh, and Danny Shurgeon, mm-hmm. I think I can't say his I name. Last name's weird, but anyways, a lot of people probably know what I'm talking about out there. He apparently was while he was like in the military, still was writing and like openly under his name. I'm under, I operate under a pseudonym, so I don't know. I mean, if he can do it, I can. I, I guess I probably ought to get with him at some point and find out what what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not because it's kind of weird. Uh, just little caveat the opinions i have are mine and mine alone and not that not that of the united states uh, military or the dod or any of that shit so just throwing that out there just in case i get shit but i only have a few months left anyways i so, intend on separating unless some crazy financial upset happens in the meantime so yeah so there was just stuff going on in the news saying that the the active or the military was like calling out all the like conservative supporters i guess if you were a trump supporter which you may not be in that camp uh, they were trying to cull those out. Was that true, or is that just very specific niche areas of the military? Uh, yeah, sort of. Not really. Kind of. Um, it, they did have this like we're going to call out extremists, which ev- it was like a running joke at work that everyone was like, "What the fuck is an extremist?" Like that can be whatever you want to be. Essentially, it's <laughs> incredibly subjective. Uh, but it, we ended up having like at one point we got talked to multiple times by leadership about it. And essentially the idea we got of it is they are very much insinuating racists. So of course yeah. that's yeah, what we're, it comes we're down hired to. killers. Yeah, they, they <laughs> were looking for extremists. <laughs> yeah, they were they were looking for they were insinuating like alt-right types, which apparently because we have a huge alt-right problem, apparently. Uh, I mean, that's sarcasm if anyone hasn't picked that up. Um, so yeah, that just became a big old joke um, around, around the office if you will. But, um, yeah, no, they definitely, they were definitely heavily implying the alt-right types, which to be fair, I mean, that's kind of like, you know how they conflate those two things and that's how they demonize them. They, they say they're talking about racist, but then next thing you know, they're talking about your generic, you know, conservative or, you know, libertarian or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Cause even if, even if we don't think we're racist, we are, but but don't worry, we know that you are, and we can help you. And it's important that we kill people, not based on their, their race or gender, but because we don't like them. Because they exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, what branch of the military are you in? Air Force. Air Force. Okay, well, that's cool. Mm. That's that's really the coolest. Wait, do you uh, fly planes? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. It's it's the Air tall. Force is either the coolest school? branch to be in or the worst. It depends on if you're flying the planes or not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, not, not many people fly the planes. It really depends on what you're doing. I mean, I'm, an, I'm a mechanic. I work on the planes, so I, mean, I guess that's okay. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's, it's fun-ish. Yeah, but that's like working on cars, but you don't get to drive them. Yeah, I've, uh, I don't know. I've enjoyed it, the, the, at least earlier on. I've been in for a while now, so I'm a little bit higher ranking, so now I'm more mm-hmm. in the – leadership-ish type position. Yeah. It's not as fun. <laughs> so uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit about kind of your evolution. Did you, or let me ask you this. Were you like a right-wing guy entering or a left-wing guy entering? I was definitely a right-wing guy. I okay. mean, I definitely came from the right. I mean, I, I, I've i had this talk before. I was just an eight young, dumb, and full of cum. I wasn't really, it doesn't like I had like was full of principles or anything. I was just some kid who grew up in, Rural area, kind of grew up on Fox News, uh, conservative-ish. Like, whatever the news said, I, it was kind of what we went with. It, like, none of us really had any strong beliefs in the matter. And, yeah, I mean, I was an evolution over time where I started to think about it more. But I totally joined under the auspices of I'm doing the right thing for my country and I wanted to go kill the bad guys. Because I wanted to be combat when I joined. I straight up did. I was going to go mm-hmm. Army and Marines. My family talked me out of it. I w- went into something that I thought was kind of like special forces in the Air Force because my recruiter kind of lied to me a little bit. Not literally lied. He he stretched the truth. There was a grain of truth in there. I guess technically the job you kind of can can, uh, like can guide that job towards combat. Find out later. Found out later that is extremely rare. And even then, you're more of in a support role, so you're not really in combat. Uh, so even I, if you try to be in combat, even that's hard. Well, my, my issue, I wanted to go like special forces because my, my family was like, they were like, don't just go be a fucking grunt because you're just a fucking meat shield. Like, whoop de doo Like, that, like I don't know, maybe that sounds shitty, but at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> cool, you're probably just going to get blown out by a, a, a road, like on, on a fucking uh, IED or some shit. Like, you're not going to be doing like badass shit like you think you are. You're going to be walking around and then you're just going to get picked off randomly because that's how that works. You're not going to be like, you're not going to be like the Shane Hazels of the world doing like badass shit, you know? Like, yeah. You're a cop in a country where literally no one wants you there. Exactly. It's, it's not really, it's not as glorified as you think. I mean, there are some like cool shit and that's like special forces. I mean, it's still kind of fucked up if you think about it, but as a young kid, you know, it's kind of fucking badass. Dude, every, every guy wants to be in special forces. Yeah. So, I mean, I did want to just be like a grunt initially because I, I just was dumb and I didn't really know. And my stepdad was in the army and he basically was a grunt. And he was like, no, that's there's nothing fucking cool about that. The only thing cool about that is when you come back home, everybody thinks you did something cool when really you were digging ditches or getting or having fucking some some hajis fucking firing pot shots uh-huh. at you. Like, did he have, does, he, does he have like a does he have like a patch eye and a hook hand? No. Listen, son. <laughs> No, you know, yeah, the things I've seen. Yeah, no, he's very much like yeah. It's a it's a little bit overrated if you just go the infantry route. I'm sure there's someone fuming mad out there about how what a badass they are. I don't know. I've been a mechanic my whole career basically, so I'm okay. talking out my ass. But uh, that's why I didn't go that route because I had people who were that who were like, it's not as badass as you think. <laughs> right? Were you ever stationed anywhere cool? I've that. literally been on the same base my entire career. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are you allowed to tell us where that is? Huh? Are you allowed to tell us where that is? I'm in Florida. I'll give you that. I'm in the Tampa area. I'm sure you can figure that out real quick. (laughs) Oh, right on. Yeah, I forgot. We need to carpet bomb Florida. You guys get a bit too uppity sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, God's gonna bomb him for us with these hurricanes. We're we're good. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, well, so did you have kind of like a like an, an awakening, like a moment? I guess you're kind of our age too. So were you a Ron Paul guy, kind of like we were? Uh, sort of, kind of, not really. I mean, yes, I was like minorly influenced by him. He kind of like as I grew up in like high school, like early like adulthood, I kind of like heard him a little bit. I was kind of impressed by him. I liked his ideas. It wasn't anything that he just kind of minorly influenced me. It was. I know this may sound silly, but I was thinking about this a little bit ago, and it was kind of like. Honestly, the fact that I've kind of had my entire life, I've had like an hour commute is probably like one of the biggest like, f- like things for me because I went from like, I mean, you know, for a while I would listen to music and stuff on my commute, like an hour or two hour to work, hour back. And, you know, I'd listen to music but after a while, like it's old. So I started like, ah, I might as well learn some shit while I'm driving. So I listen to podcasts, obviously started out with like kind of dumb shit. So I, I started out with like Ben Shapiro and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I think I had more like comedy podcasts initially, but I eventually got a little more serious. Went down like the Ben Shapiro route, went down the Steven Crowder, <laughs> Dave Rubin. Then I think I went to like Joe Rogan and like, kind of like, you can kind of already see the evolution a little bit there. Um, and then from there, I like, I think I want to say I heard Dave Smith on, on Rogan, if I remember correctly. And then I started listening to D- Dave. And uh, I mean, I mean, I can kind of perfectly correlate my evolution with those people I was listening to, essentially, that were kind of convincing me along the way. Because, I mean, you can look at Ben Shapiro and you can look at Dave Rubin and you can kind of tell the difference. Like, Shapiro is kind of like a center-right-ish, whereas, like, Rubin's kind of like a, you know, kind of centrist on a borderline kind of libertarian, like a blue-pilled uh, libertarian. Yeah. From there, I kind of, like, just went the Rogan route, which exposed me a lot of different concepts. And then Dave Smith... Then obviously Dave Smith kind of Dave Smith drove me into hardcore minarchism and I listened to Dave Smith for a long time for years. And then he finally like, Oh, he was always talking about anatomy of the state. I read anatomy of the state because the biggest thing for me, I was holding on to being a minarchist. I was holding on to that. Like I completely bought into the concept that the, the government as an institution is fucking evil. Like, but I was like, I was the belief was necessary. And then I, I read Anatomy of State. Anatomy of State like very does a very good job of disillusioning you of that, that it's in any yeah. way necessary because it, it really proves to you that like no, this is like doomed to fail. This is bullshit. Like there's way better mm-hmm. ways to go about this. And th- it was that that like made me jump, like push me over the edge from anarchist <laughs> anarchist because something about like the minarchist anarchist divide is like, I feel like when you're like, you don't want to identify as anarchist. You're like, I'm now I'm a fucking crazy. Like it's, like, you <laughs> it's know? fun. You should try. Yeah. I, I do it. Cause it is fun to say yeah. you're an anarchist. Whew, oh, I now I'm now I'm very unabashed about it. Like I, I, I very much promote that we shouldn't nest. I mean, it depends on the, the, the situation, but in normal day to day situations, I don't think the proper way to go about it is to be like, Hey, I'm an anarchist. and like being everybody's face about it. But if someone asks, <laughs> but if someone asks you or brings it up, I, I don't think you, I also don't think you should run away from it either. I don't think it's to be something you should be ashamed of, but you also don't want to be the person who's throwing in their face. It's just like being the guy who's a vegan or a CrossFitter. Like, don't be that person. Like, that's fucking annoying. Like, don't be the uh, yeah. guy that's like, you know, like, the, the hey, people, you know, the people you know, you have no hope of <laughs> of influencing. Tell those people you're anarchist because it's fun. Like, if you're trying to get somewhere with someone, then yeah, maybe use a different word. But yeah, uh, I mean, there's there's <laughs> different 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 situations call for different strategies, and there are definitely times where triggering someone essentially or fucking just you know you know that it's gonna piss them off saying you're an anarchist. I generally think if you're going to fuck with someone like that, it should be when there's an audience. Cause if you're just one-on-one, it's, it's, if you're just going to, 
if you're just going to fucking like mess with them, you're not, you're probably not going to reach them because it's just going to further entrench them in position. But now if say you're doing it, there's like, you're, there's like four or five, six people around and you're having a conversation and you just want to fuck with some guy who's just some generic fucking boomer con or some shit. And you just want to make them look dumb in front of everybody. Sure. Why not? As long as you can keep your tact about you. I mean, everyone else is going to look at him and be like, look at this fucking idiot. Look, <laughs> like that guy is not going to be able to see past it. His cognitive dissonance is going to kick in and he's going to be like, he's not going to be able, willing to admit that he's wrong. Cause it's just not how humans work. We're emotional beings. Like we're not logical. Yeah. Like we think we are. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. Can we uh, pause and do some definitions? What would you say the difference between a minarchist and an anarchist would be? Uh, minarchist, anarchist. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just like the like I said, the necessary evil. Because like necess- like I feel like a minarchist takes the position that it is necessary but yet evil. Like we need it; it has to exist, but it fucking sucks. Like that would be my generally speaking. I mean, really, if you're gonna be true, it's kind of the I don't know if you heard the line before. People say like uh fucking minarchist like even technically stalin was a minarchist because he it's like basically a minarchist is just like you know whatever the minimum amount of government you think you need i mean no one wants more government than they think they need so even like stalin technically but to be fair when someone says minarchist they generally are probably saying like courts police military they're saying like what is the minimum the thing that's needed for government to find right if we're, we're going to be fair and give them the the best honest interpretation yeah, but it's so it, open for yeah. interpretation that it uh, it just kind of floats off into space, right? Yes. Like Stalin is a minarchist. It's like, hmm, what's the smallest population I need to rule? I could just yeah. kill at least ten million, and that would make my life much easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then anarchists, I think, I think anarchists is really when you just let go of that necessary part because you just finally yeah. realize it is not necessary. Like, there's nothing about this is necessary. Like, yeah, I mean, we the, can the figure out way, fucking roads. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you what. How how about this? I think the best way to say it is that an anarchist is someone who wants to live in a stateless society. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about that? That seems like the least. I mean, it still sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it, uh, but it's quick, and um, I don't know. I guess I guess they would all agree with that, right? Yeah, or that, or you could say someone who's consistent with the concept of you shouldn't hurt people and take their shit. Like, I mean, there's there's multiple mm. ways you can go about this. Well, so, see, that's the problem because the anarchists people see on TV are destroying shit and ta- and stealing shit and throwing bricks at windows and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. good for branding. No. Yeah, which is why part of why it's not good to be in your face about being an anarchist. I do think it's good to be like casual about it, you know, because if you're casual about it, I feel like it. People go like it will make people like what. And then they'll usually ask you if you're casual about it. If you're in their face about it, they're probably going to immediately assume you're one of the bad anarchists. But if you're just casual about it, it comes up naturally, then they'll probably be like, huh? And then you can further explain, like, no, this is what I mean. Like, I don't mean those fucking idiots, you know? Yeah, I just don't want people telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. Anyone. Yeah, that's that's my thing. My take on it is, like, I can't can't see myself as, like, a full-blown anarchist because I can't ever imagine us getting rid of the state. I feel like there's just too many people who think it's necessary, but you know, my, the compromise is kind of how do we get this as small and least intrusive in our lives as possible? Come on, Mister Bitcoin, you know how we can do it, Mister. Yeah, innovate, innovate around it. That's right. The transhumanists well, were right. I mean, not to get on too much of a tangent, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. I I I don't think that's necessarily uh, not anarchist. Like, I don't necessarily think a state will probably, I mean, maybe it will. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised though. If a state, if a state, if there's always something akin to a state, because essentially a state, all it is is coercion at its foundation. So 
as long as there's even a couple people in the world who are willing to buy into the con- the illusion of authority and believe that they ha- have some sort of authority and able to coerce others, that's in a sense a state. So I think like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've read Konkin and that was one thing he goes into about how like the way the state will go is like, will die. I mean, he, he thinks it will die completely. I think I'm not entirely sure, but I do think the state will recede, but there's also a good chance it may come back. So I I don't know. I mean, I I think there's something Mm -hmm. to say, for example, how the, the, uh, the Eastern tradition of how they view time and how it's like a, a, a cycle. So I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if that's how states work too, is like they recede and then come back and then recede yeah. and then come back, you know, like over, over vast like time periods, you know? So. Yeah. Did you get a chance to watch the evergreen uh, student takeover of the college? I didn't watch it, but I was listening to Ruben a lot at that time when that all that happened. I mean, I never like watched it, watched it, but I was very much listening to a lot of it and what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, the the best argument against um, the anarchists, uh, it, to me, if you want to understand the real problem, you should check that out. I'll show you after this podcast over, and I'll I'll show it to you. But it's it's this compilation video of people with their cell phones filming the actual incident at Evergreen uh, with and and what happened. And in a nutshell, the the police were ordered to stand down. So for a few days, the students actually had control of the campus. They were their own cops. They were their own like everything. They would like negotiate with the police. At one point, they would take the faculty hostage. And it was a pretty interesting experiment in like, because we don't get many of those, like these controlled experiments, there's these like power vacuums that develop in certain areas where you can kind of watch what happens. And the same thing happens every single time There, people, humans seem to be kind of wired to either be followers or leaders. You can basically fall into one of those two pegs. And if you find yourself in a situation where everyone's looking around and it's not really clear who's in charge, everybody does this little small calculation in their mind where they say, it could be me right now. And then you either step up and you become the state or you become a follower. And you can see that in the evergreen video, even the super left wing, you know, this, this dude with pink hair ends up becoming clearly the dictator. And uh, it's, it was just super interesting. You should check that out. But anyway, anarchists there, that's the, that's the paradox they have to answer is what can we do to, so if we get rid of the state, let's say we, you know, turn the state off, we find the on off switch and we turn it off. What if the next state that springs up out of the vacuum is worse than the one we had before? That's that's what the anarchists need to answer. Yeah, if you just tear it down, who knows what's going to take its place? It could be, a lot worse. It could be worse, and history tells us it usually is. Uh, well, I think that might be a slight misrepresentation. Misrepresentation, because it depends on what you specifically you're talking about. Because generally, I think typically the cycle is revolution. But the problem with revolution is that just generally is a in, instituting a new a new person in charge, a new fucking order. It's never a like we're gonna re- revolt revolt into fucking anarchy like that generally like people will be like oh my god this is anarchy like no it's not this is a fucking a rogue group trying to fucking take control over this fucking population and they generally do so yes there are situations in when it which it does fucking collapse sometimes it's better like i mean mean, to be fair i mean 1776 i mean if you compare it to the english crown it probably was better at least for a temporary period of time now Mm. if you compare it to what we were dealing with the crown fucking it's way worse. Like there's no way to debate that. Like you, know, you look at, just look at taxes simply. <laughs> like, right. There yeah. you go. 
Compare so, our revolution to the French Revolution. Where people yeah, so, cut off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, revolutions are different. I mean, it, generally speaking, the way governments kind of go is it goes fucking. I mean, there's kind of almost like a cycle, and there's usually like a restart at some point, but it can jump back at any point in that cycle. So you know, you got like constitutional republic to democracy to democracy to like fucking socialism to communism, and and usually the closer it gets to communism, the more likely it's about it's to fucking like co- collapse, and then it starts somewhere back over in that cycle. Like there's some sort mm-hmm. of revolution, and you might just end up right back in communism, but it just it's like kind of like a cycle, and it's kind of the idea of breaking away from that cycle. Yeah, um, so what yeah. you're saying is revolutions are like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it's kind of true because it's like it will restart it along this cycle anywhere in it. But it is pretty predictable, like wherever you jump in on that cycle, where it's going to go next. Like, because like I said, like you can look at ours. Like we were a constitutional republic. Like we are slipping into full on fucking like democracy. Which I know everyone's all fucking got boners for, but it's like that's not a good thing. <laughs> no, direct, direct democracy. Yeah, direct democracy, and yeah, yeah, and that'll. And so, I mean, even then, we're kind of also a little bit in socialism, so it's like a, a lot of it. I'd say a lot of it. Yeah, fifty-fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It, like I said, it is like a, and that's kind of one of the arguments for anarchism is like, why are we in this stupid fucking vicious cycle? Because it's like. And I'm not saying like I know you brought up the Evergreen College and like a lot of people look at, like Chaz and shit, but I'm an ANCAP. Like I mean, I'm an agorist more specifically. Um, but like I, so that's why I don't really necessarily buy into like that. I don't see a lot of people see those and look at those as like, in, like, like examples of anarchism. But it's like I believe in property rights and shit. So like they totally weren't like uh, they weren't obviously obeying property rights. That was not their property. Like they had no rightful like you know ability to like do that like in a true society it'd be like you know what this is my area and you like you protect your own and yeah you fuck with it i'm gonna you're gonna, you're gonna find out <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah well i'd say yeah i'd say i'm an ancap too um but let me let me ask you this uh is is america like among the best places to live on earth is america number one <laughs> america number one <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard for me to answer that because I haven't really been all over the world. I mean, okay, that's fair. I mean, what, I, what I, I'm I, saying is, do you, do you want to, are you, as an anarchist, do you want to roll the dice again? Would I want to roll the dice again with, with like the country? You, 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 I, we agree. I'm sure we agree on just about everything, like all the problems. But that all being said, do you want to roll the dice, find the off switch, turn it off? And do you think what's going to follow it is going to be maybe better than what we already have? Well, I don't necessarily, I'm not like some boogaloo or fucking revolution type guy. I don't believe in an off switch. I believe it's, you should just break away. That's why I said like, I'm an agorist. I don't know if you guys know a ton about that. You read I minds? think that's the way going forward is to, it's kind of like, uh, was Et- La- Etienne Laboete had the the one line about how like you know you all you don't have to like you know have some violent revolution you can just basically disregard it and it'll fall away yeah like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. kind of that's kind of where I'm at and I so I, I think I think that's kind of a false concept of looking at state of like just an off switch like I do think yes yeah. if you just do have some sudden like we're going to fucking revolt and have some big boogaloo and fucking, you know, shut it all down. I don't think that works out well. Like well, generally violence begets violence. You know, if, like if you're talking to people about being an anarchist, ultimately that's what they're going to think you're saying yes. that you want to unplug the thing, shut the doors tomorrow. And then everything's going to work out great. 
Um, but the more in the more intelligent, like the anarcho-capitalists in particularly, they they have they you know they generally don't think that it's it's a one-zero on-off. Um, I think uh, technologically seceding is is probably where we need to be putting all our eggs on that. Well, that, that, that that's where you're wrong. Everyone knows that the off switch is in the Federal Reserve, and you got to pull the plug, which you got to fight the final <laughs> you have to get boss. past a giant spider. <laughs> <laughs> You must pass by the spider. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, that's, I think, uh, I think Bitcoin, I think uh, 3D printed guns, I think uh, the internet, I think maybe we can get to a point where it's like the government is always going to be there and it's going to make the people who need a government feel comfortable because it's there. But then everybody else who doesn't want one, who doesn't care, they don't care that it's there because it doesn't have any impact on their life whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's the way going forward big time. Like yeah. I do think I think the writing on the walls right now is if I was to give any advice to anyone out there, get the fuck out of the city, get to a red state, get to Done. try to get some land, get try, like ideally, you know, gold, fucking bitcoin, whatever, try to be financially independent cuz I do think we're going to end I like I see the state right now as a dying animal. Like I was just I was showering earlier, I thought of this analogy. Uh I see the state as like if you equate it to like a lion, like what is a lion? What does a lion do? Like a lion's patrol, like I don't know, like miles and miles of land. But like this in this situation, this lion is dying. So it what it's going to do is it's going to recede into some place it feels comfortable. Where do they have the biggest foothold? It's going to be the cities. It's going to be places like that. So I think there's going the the power of the state is going to recede into areas like that, and they're going to stamp down their power more. So for some people who aren't thinking about this on a different level, this is where you get all these people are super black pilled, and they're like, "Oh my god, it's all going to shit." I'm like, "No, not really. If you put yourself oh, in the correct situation, I think you'll be okay. If anything, I think you'll thrive." Like, so I think that what's going to happen is they're going to stamp down these areas, and going forward within like, like next century, I do think we're going to see like like some crazy authoritarian like shit in like like more isolated areas because I think the state is essentially receding. But I think some of the rural country areas, people who have land who aren't able to be fucked with like that, I think if we play our cards right, I think we're going to be okay. Like you, <laughs> right, know? So you're in, you said you're in Florida? Yes. Yep. Dude, so we're in Texas. We're in like the two coolest states to be in right now. Right? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> like yeah. I, I see – one thing I brought up a lot to a lot of people is – and this really reflected on me big time when I was reading uh, Against the Grain by James C. Scott, who's like an anarchist historian. And he was talking about how like the advent of the state occurred around agriculture. And like what happened was whenever they started having agriculture, this essentially what happened is they had these fertile areas and the state took hold in those areas. And they essentially leached off the resources that were happening there. And so then what happened is that there were people who fucking essentially went to the less fertile areas and like one of the big big parts of that book is that he goes into is how those people who are on the outskirts actually fucking thrived. The history doesn't tell their story though, because the, the history is the story of states. Yeah. So like, but if you look yeah. like have historians look at this, they've shown that those people thrived. They did well. Like you looked at their like like the skeletons and shit. They were very healthy. They were doing fucking good. They were kicking ass, even though technically they had less fertile areas, but they were foraging. They were hunting. They were. You know, whatever. I mean, they weren't probably like perfect anarchists or whatever. They're probably more tribal, but they were doing well. And I see that as a good reflection of what's probably, it's almost like a, you know, a cycle. I see that kind of happening again, where I think they're going, we're going to end up seeing like fucking like, we're going to end up like having essentially borderline authoritarian, like super fucking technocratic, like cities 
coming coming soon but then like yeah. and it'll probably more, more focus in certain states too maybe not necessarily exactly perfectly falls in the lines of city rural but you know like say like you need to get to like florida and get to like a rural area or texas yeah. and get to a rural area that's what you fucking need to be doing right now get the fuck out of the cities it is not gonna be good yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna turn into mega city one and just like judge dreads gonna be going around dude yeah. but do <laughs> cities could become like uh it's like an it's like an open world prison where we put all the left-wing progressives and they don't want to leave. So we just let them all go there and make each other politically crazy. And we just kind of like smoke a cigar and watch on, on the outskirts of town. Wait, I mean, just look at the news, all the crazy stuff keep happen- keeps happening in like the same spot. Like Portland is always like, we go there to watch blood sports of just like you know, people combating each other, but like nothing happens where I am. I'm like in the suburbs of no. Texas. <laughs> Yeah. It's like boring, but it's it's, it's, good. it's pretty I'm amazing. Kids here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing how quickly you stop seeing masks once you just go a little bit out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I I like say I told you I work in Tampa, and so like I'm in Florida. So even then, like even being in Tampa, being one of those city area, barely anyone wears masks. I mean, in some of the more like upscale areas, it is like a super taboo not to. But like even then, you pretty much can wear it, not wear it anywhere. But especially once you get in the country in a red state, Florida, no one gives a flying fuck. If anything, you look retarded if you have it. Like you just do. Uh, I do also want to touch on. I thought it was kind of like a interesting how you brought up how like you know this will end up being like a oh just place where the progressives go and like whatever let them do their shit. I do think, and it's kind of a. I talked on this before to other people and how like we look back on these people that lived on the outskirts of the States as barbarians. That was how we looked at them through this, through, through the lens of history where it's going to be kind of the same thing where I think that it's going to be like, we're going to like, people are going to look at the people who aren't living in these fucking little, like super, you know, authoritarian little areas as being like country bumpkins <laughs> or where the fuck, but really they're going to be the ones that are doing pretty fucking good. And it's yeah. like, it's just, it's almost like a religion. And that's, <laughs> that's why I'm like, that's why it's important to get out. Cause if you're in there, you know, like, it's not going to be just like, it's going to be a generational thing. So if you have kids there or whatever, they're going to be raised up in that. And they're going to be brought into this religion of like, this is what is cool. But if you like get away, get off into the country, I think, I think you're going to see, it's, <laughs> it's going to be better going forward. Really. Yeah. The problem is they've got the nukes. That's the real big problem. If they didn't have nukes, this would all not be a problem at all. <laughs> yeah, people use say nukes that, on but domestic people like the, no. Yeah, but like, you, unless you, you're like what you're Eric nuking up cities. Or whatever his face was. Dude, the cities are making my internet. Okay, I can't nuke them. Who's the California senator who threatened to nuke uh, you know, U.S. citizens? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember his name though, but Shit. it was very dumb. <laughs> Yeah, he got lit up for it. No, that's wow. like a the lowest common denominator argument is like, well, we have nukes. So it's like, well, we live like like less than hundreds of miles away from you. That'd be really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make this area of the country inhabitable. Good job. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, like you're whole... gonna feel the radiation too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like, cause I that's what this whole premise is, is that we just we leave the you know the left wing status behind and let them do their own thing. And as long as we stay away from the city, they can't hurt us, but you know, they can also destroy the world ten times or something. So <laughs> Yeah, well, yes and no. I think it's also one of those things where it's like they'd be kind of dumb to do it. If essentially as they isolate themselves more into little city states or whatever the hell, it's kind of the same thing as like North Korea, where it's like that's what's keeping them. In it. Yes, you're right. It's like, oh shit, they have nukes. But at the same time, it's like 
if they fire off nukes, they've gone and blowed their wad, and it's like, all right, cool. Like, well, now we're gonna fucking kill you all. (laughs) (laughs) You are an imminent threat to us. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's the same thing in North Korea. Once they they fucking, it's that's the only thing they got. That's the only thing keeping them around is the nukes. Yeah, they get one. (laughs) Who are you you gonna aim it at? Trump Tower, Trump Tower, or something. Essentially, every country is in a Mexican standoff with each other. No one's gonna use the nukes, but if if you don't have a nuke, you can't be a part of the standoff. And you're like a sub country. Yeah, but that's kind of the beauty of like anarchy is it's decentralized. So it's like if if say we had in this like say in my idea of like what like say a century from now I think it'll probably look like and it's maybe not necessarily anarchy per se, but it's super more decentralized and not as authoritarian in the rural areas. Like what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna bomb? Who is this fucking central authority that you're gonna hit that's gonna fuck with everybody? Aliens. Like if if anything, you're just gonna make like. It's the whole idea of like where people say like, well, what about an anarchist society? What if China comes to try to invade? It's like, well, who are you? There's no centralized military. There's no one free to take over. Like you're going to come over here and fight like a, it's essentially Afghanistan is essentially what it is. Like you're just going to fight a forever war. Like mm-hmm. if well, you're lucky, like you're trying yeah. to cross an ocean and fuck with us. Like it's most it's, likely it's, these people are going to kill your ass. <laughs> I, I always love it when people bring that up, that the U S would just be invaded and destroyed if it wasn't for the U S government. That's among the dumbest objections to <laughs> it's like, you have, you know, nothing about geography. Like why would anybody do that? Like, <laughs> you really haven't thought this through now have you (laughs) yeah who's gonna do it who's gonna do it like china's got plenty of stuff in their own corner that they can't have because of the u.s they don't need to come all the way over here (laughs) and even then it's the whole idea of like who what what central authority are you going to take over that then grants you that entire landmass like there's none like you're just fighting a battle to fight a battle like you're just going to kill a few people on the coast and then probably get shot back at like but seriously yeah, it's, though, it's a battle of attrition you're yeah. just gonna- <laughs> seriously though where do the nukes go who's are they going to sell them or something like do we just have to like can we close down the federal government but we only keep that branch running the ones that maintain the nukes and make sure they don't blow up oh, on their own and stuff i mean the, the ussr fell apart and like Nukes haven't gone to wayward places. Well, but they were like, still a state. I mean, they just turned into a different state. I'm sure they kept the building that controlled the nukes. They probably didn't close that one down. Right. So, like, if, if the U.S. came apart, it wouldn't just be a free-for-all in the nukes. There'd be yeah. organization and many states form and people, you know, there, there'd be some organization applied to that stuff. It wouldn't just be, like, right. you know, let's so, go into the warehouse and grab our nukes. But then China would buy us. I'd be interested to think of where, because the nukes are a real problem, to tell you the truth. Like the the nukes are the biggest thing standing in the way of this, uh, this, uh, and Kapistan that we want. Yeah, yes and no. I don't know. I've I've thought about this a lot in my head, and it's like it is, but it isn't, because it's like, at the end of the day, like say I I claim a nuke, and I'm like, haha, I'm a warlord now. Like, fuck you. Like, you're not going to, like, okay, I just put a really big fucking target on my head. <laughs> and it's like, okay, maybe that does work, but it's it's essentially the, the state game all over again. I'm just essentially recreating a Mexican standoff is all it is. And if anything, it's kind of more scary for me because I don't have the power of an entire state behind me. I'm just oh, some man. fucking dude, you know? I just thought of an awesome movie idea. The The <laughs> federal government is closed down and one of those nukes that are in the, per- like the subs that are in the Persian Gulf, who's got like, 10 you know three megaton nuclear weapon i can blow up like africa or something they get the you know the commander is radioing into the pentagon and no one picks up and so he decides to you know that's there you go there's your movie what is what does the guy do with his sub that can blow the world up now that no one's his boss (laughs) have they already made this movie 
I think, I think we're, uh, it's also really a simplification. It's like, oh, someone will just grab the nukes and like, then what? Like, if I had a nuke in my room with me, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I wouldn't know how to arm it. I wouldn't know how to launch it. You probably need like a team of a thousand people to do the logistics for this thing. And just to get it to go off right, because it's a very fine-tuned mechanism. It's not like if you shoot it, it blows up. If you shoot it, you make it inoperable and probably leak radiation wow. everywhere. I have so, no idea how a fucking noob works. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I have a hunk of metal. What the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> yeah, maybe, and, and, and if you breach it, it's going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the eight subs that the U.S. has that has all those nukes on it, maybe they battle each other in the ocean to become the last one who's got the nukes. And then that person is like the Dr. Evil of the world or something Honestly, okay I'll, I mean, I'll let the movie go that's fine the best thing you could do is like all the nukes in the silos go cut the hydraulic lines to the silo doors and that, there's not gonna be any like incentive to ever get those things back open they'll just be stuck in there maybe that's true i don't we'll know like bury them yeah the idea that like you know you can just grab a nuke like it's a pistol and go do what you want with it seems foolish <laughs> it's silly to me best fireworks show ever into the end of the federal government party we just launch the nukes into the sky and blow them up <laughs> Watch him into the sun. <laughs> Best light show ever. All right. Let's see. Uh, so is there anything? Let, let's try to find something that we don't like agree with. What are the most controversial views that we have where we kind of split? So I know you've got kind of a nuanced right view. First of all, I don't. Nick, do you still like natural rights? Are you still a natural rights guy? Like, uh, you know, there's there's certain like negative rights I have that have to be taken away from me. Do you just believe it? Like, do, do you believe in natural rights? Like we have rights that just innately from being a human, like I know you and I kind of split on rights a while back. Yeah. I mean, um, like, you know, I have a right to own a gun. The only way I don't have a right to own a gun is if somebody stops me. Oh, okay. That's pretty consistent. What I believe. I mean, I don't necessarily yeah. think natural rights are kind of a made up concept is where I'm at. Like I do yeah. think it's a useful made up concept and I do like to essentially evangelize that made up concept. But at the end of the day, it's a made up concept. It's like the bill, <laughs> the bill of rights doesn't give you those rights. You had yeah. them. We're just writing them down that like the government recognizes them. Well, even that I'm, I'm more of like, I don't know if you, any of you guys have read Sterner, but I'm more of the, I'm more of the opinion that like, I understand. I don't believe in objective morality essentially is where this directly all comes from. But at the end of the day, I do believe there are preferable frameworks with which to operate under. Cause I can get with somebody and be like, Hey, uh, you don't like when people take your shit, right? Like you don't like when people hurt you, right? Okay, cool. Let's, let's develop a morality around this. These are, these are our values that we agree on. And maybe there are people who don't agree on, but at the end of the day, that's subjective. And we can from there derive a whole morality and kind of, that kind of is where rights kind of come from too. Cause th those kind of like directly come from that in a sense. So, but at the end of the day, I do believe they're kind of made up. It's just, but we're, cause they're all an opinion, but at the end of the day, like you could probably get most people to be like, this is what we value. And if they don't value it, you can be like, well, fuck you. Uh, try fuck with my shit and see how that works. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just think, I think libertarians need to just forget about rights and move on to something else. Cause Wait, I, I, mean, I think I, your point is like, people will just, if they want something, they'll call it a right and they'll keep repeating it as a meme until they get it. Like healthcare is a right. Well, like, I the, just, the idea, like healthcare being a natural right. It's like, well, no, I, I can't be born with my own personal hospital that takes care of me. That requires an entire, you know, organization of people to provide that service uh, but like the right to free speech yeah i'm born with that you know as soon, as soon as i know the language i can say whatever i want and it has if someone has to stop me from doing it well but, they can though 
but that's that's my point like i so to me i just think rights are just you you really only have a right to do something that you're allowed to do that that's really all it is if you don't if you're not allowed to do it you can't do it. like for example you have a right to murder somebody you can do it it's just you got to deal with the consequences if you do it so that doesn't mean anything it's just you're you're basically saying what i ought to be able to do and i think libertarian like i i think back on every argument i've ever had with people so if you if you're about to have an argument with somebody you can pick a variety of different angles to approach how do i want to approach this from a practicality standpoint from a morality standpoint from a statistics thing or a historical thing if you choose rights you're going to lose every single time because it's just a values argument you value mm -hmm. this. Everybody values their own things. If you're going to argue your values are correct, you're just wasting time. Yeah, so libertarians, you know, if we want to talk about rights because it's fun, because it is kind of fun. I like sitting down and flushing out like a consistent rights equation. But I mean, I think libertarians need to give up if they're going on national stage because you can tell people all day long you don't have a right to health care. That's not going to be well received, no matter how logically you break it down. Yeah, you're you're not in a legal argument with that person. You're in an emotional argument. So it's, right. it's like, like the, there's no concept of what's a negative right, what's a positive right. Like everyone's like, oh, it's a right. You know, it's just just yeah. repeat it until I get it. <laughs> and if you go to China and tell them they have human rights, they are going to look at you like you're from Mars. They're not going to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, individual yeah. rights is not a thing over there. Yeah, you brought up a good point though. It's like. Uh, like that's why I kind of brought up that like it's all subjective. So at the end of the day, it's like you're arguing values. So that's why I feel like if you jump to rights, you're like jumping the shark. You're like going way past the point. You're like, well, this is a right, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, so if you can yeah, bring it back, and, yeah, if you can bring it back and be like, well, can we agree on this? And from there, you got to build it up, build upon it. Now, I do think there is usefulness in rights. I'm I've been very much influenced by like Vinarmani and his like concept of like magic, and I think there is some like magic here and like. If you're dealing with, let's be real. The, I mean, I'm a fan of the remnant concept as well. Is there are certain people who get it and certain people who don't, and that's kind of applies here. If you're dealing with someone who don't, who doesn't, sometimes it's just easier to be like, yeah, these are magical fucking rights that just exist and are objective, <laughs> and that's why we can't do it. And if you can get someone to buy into that, sometimes that's easier, and it is what it is because it fucking blows a lot of people's minds when you're like, this is all opinion. All this is a fucking opinion, but we can kind of come to, wow. we can set values. And from there, within these subjective opinions, we can derive objectivity, essentially. Like, like, so Santa I can, clause. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, so I think there is something to that. I, I do think that there is something to like, hey, sometimes, <laughs> especially if you're dealing with like conservatives and you're talking about rights, that's, that's a good way to attack it. They already generally kind of have somewhat baked in their shit natural rights so if you can attack it from that way i do think it's useful but that doesn't mean mm. i actually believe in it but i have no problem arguing something i don't believe in if it gets me to the it get, gets me the end point i want to get to that is interesting <laughs> yeah just just tell the little peons who don't care that much about politics yeah there's you know one day this you know god came down and gave us all these rights <laughs> yes exactly and these rights exist because you were born they? and you're They're a person in fort knox the rights are in fort <laughs> knox locked away and uh, when you're born they they feed you some <laughs> I, I do think there's some utility to the fact that we have them written down and we have limitations and like you know a written constitution even though we've eroded them pretty heavily we've uh we've managed to hold on to little bits of it longer than other countries for the, the meantime yeah well if you want to talk about the rights, tide of infringement i mean if you want to talk about rights as synonymous with like legal right then that makes sense okay yeah you know you basically have a right 
if there's not some law saying you can't do it. But I think that's basically as skin deep as it gets. Yeah, and like the government is kind of, it's just a dispute settlement system. And the fact that we have right. it down sets the rules for consistent rule application. Yeah. I, I don't know. I have to disagree with you strong, uh, pretty pretty hard with the whole idea of that, uh, like, oh, having written down has really been that helpful. If anything, I think it makes people buy into it. Like, yes, it did slow down in some sense, but at the same time, like, if you look at it from a realistic perspective, yes, most of our, the state is turned outward and not so much inward. Uh, but yeah, this is probably in a sense, one of the worst States there's been like, but so far as like living in the state, pretty great. Most of our powers turned yeah. outward, but, uh, living in, living in the day, balls of the dick that's <laughs> fucking the world and actually, yes. bad. <laughs> but at the end of the day though, when it starts getting turned inward as we're starting to see now a little bit, I do think that a lot of this like magical, like bill of rights thinking is going to really fuck us. Because a lot of people, a lot of people still now make the well. The fucking Second Amendment says this. Well, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> it, it also feels like we can't count past like one and a half anymore. It's like everyone yeah. gets the First Amendment, and then the Second Amendment. They're really trying their best to just forget about that one, and then after that, they don't really know what no. three through twenty-seven is. Well, it's like, just like you look at Biden <laughs> the other day saying fucking no amendment is absolute. It's like. Okay, well, I mean, here that, we are. Yeah. We jumped the shark. Well, like, that shouldn't it, it, shock it too many people. I mean, we've <laughs> yeah. been operating under that kind of rule for a while now. <laughs> That's my whole point. But then the problem is now we're stuck in this fucking in this framework where you have, like, you have people buying this bill of rights bullshit, and fucking like you have the Bidens of the world, the Democrats are going, well, this is all up for you know, this is a this is a fucking living document, and then you have people who are like, no, it's not, and but it's like you're arguing under the wrong pretenses because it's like this guy says, well, we can fucking we can do whatever the fuck we want essentially here, and the other people are like, no, you can't, and that, that's all the argument is like, yeah, and, I, and well, then they it, end just kind of settling on somewhere in between. <laughs> Well, but don't you? Don't at you best, they're, they're speed bumps to authoritarianism, but they don't at stop. At best, them. well, yeah, because I mean, aren't you happy the Second Amendment is there, regardless yeah. of your feeling how it? I don't think we. I don't think we'd, I don't think we'd have gun ownership if it wasn't there. Like, eh. so I'm kind of grateful for it. I don't know. I mean, aren't you happy it's there. Like, if if they repealed it tomorrow, wouldn't that like worry you a little bit? No, yeah. I still I still got a gun here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I already got mine. So yeah. Well, I mean, I would like to live in a world, obviously, where I don't care what the Bill of Rights is. That's what we already agreed. Like, that's where we need to go. But for today, I mean, if I had to pick, like, if someone gave me the button and you push the button and the Second Amendment's gone, I wouldn't push it. I think the Second Amendment basically is gone. I don't. It doesn't serve any purpose essentially at this point. It's, I really don't think it does. It, it's just some okay. shit that fucking conservatives cling on to that means nothing while you're shooting. Yeah, not so. a single conservative is like, yeah, we need to repeal the NFA. Like that's you got to get a little into the gun community before you yeah. get there, and it's not mainstream. But no, yeah, like as far as I'm concerned, the, the Second Amendment's been kind of eroded ever since we put. It in oh the sure, NFA. I mean every yeah. amendment. I mean, I generally at genuinely at this point, I think the the Bill of Rights are borderline fucking useless. But I would say that if we could somehow magically like. This is one big thing Pete Conus goes on a lot, a lot about how, like, if we could get people to buy into this magical line of thinking all over again, sure, it'd be great if we could get people to buy into that all over again. But the problem is they're arguing a losing battle. And so it's just like, well, this is this is what we have. And it's fucking like, well, you know, it doesn't do anything right now. It's, it's basically gone. Okay, well, we'll call the next one, instead of the Bill of Rights, we'll call it, like, the list. we'll update it. We'll call it the list of gets. We yes. just won't call it rights anymore. So these are the things you get. <laughs> we just call it a wish list. And you can you can add the rights you want onto your Amazon wish list. <laughs> 
or just join whatever local protection company. When you sign on for that protection company, they're like, okay, what kind of bill of rights would you like? Would you like the healthcare package or would you like the guns and free speech package? Which, which one would you like? This one, you don't get guns, but the, you get, you get these five rights for free, but if you pay a little extra, <laughs> I do want to bring up real quick uh, that I do. There are other countries who have guns. Like we're not the only ones have guns. I know we brought up the second amendment. A lot of people go, well, what if we didn't have second amendment? What if we didn't have second amendment? It's kind of like, well, I don't fucking know. I'm not, I'm not, I can't turn back time and just you take away the second amendment. Maybe we wouldn't, maybe we would, but it's not like, nice. yeah, I mean, there are places that have guns. So it's, it's not like the second amendment is this magical thing. Somalia. Guns. So yeah, I mean, for real. <laughs> Hey, Somalia was actually pretty dope before the other countries started fucking with it when they actually had a legit period of anarchy. So. I'm going to have to take your word on that one. <laughs> I, know, I, I don't know a ton about that. I have listened to a few podcasts where they talk about how it actually was thriving during its period of anarchy because that's the one big thing gets thrown in our faces a lot. We're like, well, just go to Somalia. But like they were yeah, actually thriving during their period of anarchy. <laughs> and fucking, I guess once the state started fucking getting in there and seeing a, seeing a void to be filled, that's when it started going back to shit. And Kapistan. So. Slaves here. Get your slaves here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what else? Um, so let me think. I'm trying to think of... Okay, so you said you don't believe in objective morality, which is kind of interesting because, yeah, I'm, I'm a relativist too. And I think that's where you usually break from libertarians because I think most libertarians are like fierce objectivists. And uh, they they kind of sh- shake their fists at, you know, postmodernists and the like. Like in the weird way, that's it's pretty postmodern to, you know, not believe in objective morality. Um, yeah, that's why. Yeah, dude, objectivist, objectivism is, is pretty silly, I think. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a little difficult when you say objectivism because I know a lot of people are thinking immediately Ayn Rand. I know that's not what you're talking Rand. about. Ayn Rand. <laughs> well, I, I am in a way. I mean, it is. Well, I mean, yes, yes it, it, is it is in a way. I mean, I understand there's. Well, I understand there's like objective like physics. Like I understand the whole like you know objective reality versus objectivism, but they're related in a sense that they both think that you're capable as a person of discerning objective truth, something that's true regardless of who's observing, like truth at like something that's fixed out in space as being objectively true. And, and that's, I mean, the objectivists, the, like in the Rand sense, they believe that, like they think that uh, things can be objectively true and that people are capable of discerning what that is. Um, which, you know, I don't know, like that's, that's their thing. I mean, they, I think, um, I think just about anybody is capable of thinking that way and then landing on whatever philosophy they would have landed on regardless. It just gives you a new way of explaining what you already believe just to sound smarter, I think. Yeah, I was Uh, just making the distinction that uh, you were meaning a moral objectivism. I know that's very similar to Ayn Rand's objectivism, like her whole line of philosophy. Yeah. That's a whole separate thing. My point being is you were speaking moral objectivism. But yeah, I'm, I'm generally of the opinion that like at the end of the day, like I was kind of getting it earlier, if that's what gets you to the end point I want you to be at, which is you leave me the fuck alone and like, and then I'm cool with it, whatever. If that's gets you where you want to be, I don't give a shit. But at the end of the day, like if you really want to get in this deep discussion, I do think objective morality is fucking horseshit. Cause like, unless you believe in a God, but even then, even under the believing in some sort of God, it's still like, it's ultimately like in a sense it's uh subjective but in another sense it is objective like if you're saying this god is the objective morality for one it's like okay well just because he's a god why does that make him his objective morality but even if i assume that it's still like okay but you're interpreting what that god is saying 
So yeah. it's like yeah. you, even then, under this fucking specific set of circumstances, like maybe you can say there's an ultimate objective of, of uh, morality, but at the end of the day, you're not going to know it. Like you, you can just get as close as you possibly can. It's still subjective morality, even yeah. then, even as much as you may not be comfortable saying it. Whatever you decide on is probably not exactly it. I know people are like, yeah. well, we're getting close to the objective morality, and there is ultimately objective morality. Cool. Whatever. But even no. that's making a big assumption. We're assuming there's some deity out there, and that's a whole fucking bag of worms. Like, even if you do buy that, look at how many goddamn fucking um, uh, denominations there are of just Christianity. And that's not even going to Catholicism, Judaism, whatever. Like, it's a perfect example of how – it is inherently subjective. Like even if you do assume there's an ultimate authority, it's fucking subjective. No matter how you take it, there's a million ways to read these fucking documents. And sorry, it just is. But even then, you take a deity out of it. I mean, once, especially once you take a deity out of it, I don't really get how you get objective objective morality. I know a lot of people like take. I'm reading uh, uh was the Ethics of Liberty by Murray Rothbard right now, and like. I don't know. I just can't buy. I know I haven't read Hoppe yet. I know a lot of people say Hoppe has his like a uh, whole line mm. of reasoning for objective morality, but even then, it's just still not convincing me. Even then, at the end, all of it seems like a super long reach for people uh, trying to make some sort of like case for like this is what is and this is what we base morality off of. At the I just end think of the they day, done, they just haven't done acid. I think. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, it's like at the end of the day, though, you're talking to people and people have different values. And the idea is, is like maybe most people probably agree on certain values. Sure, there's probably always going to be some psycho out there, and that person is going to be the one who doesn't agree with your values. Okay, cool. Fuck that guy. Like, we have our own one. If he tries to ever mess with you, you know, it's like the whole, like, Sterner thing of, like, the whole might makes right. I'm not necessarily saying you should go fuck with people. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, like, if someone doesn't agree with his line of reasoning of, like, we shouldn't hurt people and shouldn't hit, take their shit. If they try it, they can fuck around and find out. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is all inherently an opinion. And it's all based on values. But we can set values and from there derive out objectivity. You know? Uh, that's so much work. Yeah. <laughs> then hey, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Like, I mean, if you yeah. don't agree with me and you think that you should be able to fuck with people, well, try it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, I put a I put a gun on my wall just you know on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> you see one behind me. That's actually yeah, a civil exactly. war gun though. It's not operational. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah. Is that like a carbine? I don't know enough about it. I just know it's a legit civil war gun. It was from my my in-laws fucking uh house. They found it on their property. So like I know like civil war gun, I'm thinking like a musket with a 30-inch barrel or something, so it's pretty short. Yeah, it's not operational at all. Like it's uh it is pretty short if I took it off the wall. It's not a very long gun. So there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something. What about abortion? I don't know. I don't really care about abortion though. So even if we do disagree, I just don't care. Ooh. Did you Fuck guys me. know we're, gear, we're gearing up for another uh, Supreme Court abortion showdown right now? You heard about what's going on in like Ohio? No. I just so, said I don't um, care about abortion. When you brought I mean, it up. <laughs> I, don't I, I think it's murder i'm trying to personally. find i'm trying to find things that we disagree on so i'm thinking like what do libertarians typically disagree well, well, let me let me get somewhere so the the law that was passed i'm pretty sure it was ohio it's pretty much saying if if the doctor knows that the mother wants to perform the abortion because the child has down syndrome or some kind of genetic disorder the doctor's not allowed to do it and then there's like there was another state who said no no, no that's fine so now you've got two states and different like circuits opposing each other and you're going to have to have the Supreme court settle it. And at the end of the day, it's a eugenic argument. Like 
oh, my kid's going to have Down syndrome, pull the plug now. Like, I mean, it, it, that's like a real decision a lot of people have to deal with. And I think it's probably mm. one of the, the leading, you know, outside of, uh, you know, economic reasons. If you're going to get an abortion, it's like, oh, this kid's messed up. Like, I, it's not something I want to subject me and my family to. I don't, um, I'm of the opinion abortion is murder, personally. I mean, I know yeah. you can kind of get in the weeds of whether it's a property rights violation or not, and whether it's permittable. I don't know. It is like a whole discussion. At the end of the day, I think it's a human life. You're taking it. You yeah. Know, do with that what you will. Yeah, I'm not. Obviously. I'm an anarchist. I'm not necessarily but, saying I want the state to do a damn thing about it. I mean, but, but if well, the state is to have any role, I mean, that's a life. That if the state is to exist for any reason, so uh, it, it's, I, it's your own, I, own moral framework. It's like, yeah, you're you're killing something. Like me, I, yeah. you know, I would never, you know, I can't have an abortion personally, but you know, I've got a couple of kids now. Oh, you should try just, it. <laughs> <Like> blast. <laughs> Better than sex. Jerking off into a sock count. <laughs> Basically, a million little abortions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's um, you know, I find it morally terrible. Like I would mm. never do it, but uh, you know, the state intervening—it's kind of tough. Like the kind of the kind of where the law now is, you know, the state can't intervene until the child's viable. It's like four twenty weeks. Like, what's the state going to do? You can't take the the child away from the mother. It's it hasn't developed. Not a viable oh. child. It's kind of hard to extend help or aid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. B- borders and abortion are where I pretty much like. I do have like my kind of opinions, but at the end of the day, I don't normally get into them too much because it is a you do get into very very much in the weeds and again to like conflicting principles and it's i don't know that's a it's a nightmare to proceed because i i do like for example borders like i i generally don't give a shit but at the end of the day i do kind of understand the argument of like why we can't just let everyone yeah. in in its current state like like yeah I don't know. so we don't we don't really care enough about abortions and borders to talk oh i got it i got it uh what was your general view about the january 6th insurrection it's fucking base as shit (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i mean it was like it part of me was like this is fucking awesome but a part of me was like this is not gonna end well like i don't know it was just like it was just like and it's like that that gif of like elmo with the fire behind him like i like i I don't know like i thought it was cool in that aspect it was kind of fun to watch but i'm like this is not gonna end well probably not even end well for me like yeah, I don't that's, know. yeah, that's yeah. That's right. How about how about okay. this? If if you were in the crowd that day and all you thought you were going to do was protesting outside, making a bunch of noise, you know, cheering on your fellow Republicans to stop the steal, and then suddenly they opened the doors and everyone started walking in, would you stay outside or would you walk in? Yeah, me probably walk in. I mean, I don't know. It depends. Know. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of those people found themselves yeah. in. And it's like, okay, the crowd started moving that way. Am I going to stay outside and just watch? Do you know? Do I have that foresight to not join, or you know, is it mob mentality? And it's like, oh, cool, we're doing this. Let's no, go. I don't know. If anything, my thing is like it was kind of like. If anything, my big thing is just kind of weak. Like it was just like, what did you even do? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it was. It was. It, it was. It was the like the least destructive riot in human history. And yeah. Um, I think the biggest mistake, this, this was, I, I think the, the gen, the insurrection, I think taught us more about the Republicans than it did about anything else because the Democrats, like they stick by their rioters, they bail them out. They'll go on TV defending them. They'll, you know, what, what they, what Trump should have done was pardoned all of them 
And, you know, the Republicans should have just actually said, like, yeah, this is what happens when you do that. But instead they didn't. Instead, they all curled up into a little ball and said, please love me. We're sorry for doing this. <laughs> yeah, it was super weak. I don't know. If anything, yeah. I was, I was kind of. I mean, it sounds like a Fed post, but I was totally hoping they went a little bit harder because it's just like, I don't know. It's like the one thing I equated this to a lot to a lot of people. It's kind of like I saw this video a while back where this guy got pulled over by the cops. And I don't remember exactly why. He wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, I think he had drugs on him. They found out after it was all said and done. But he was just chilling. And like they pulled him over and they're like trying to get him to come out. He's like, I don't want to come out. I haven't done anything wrong. Leave me alone. And like, is this the guy who had his hands out of the car? I don't remember the exact situation. I know they ended up like tasering him, pulling him out, all bunch of shit. And then after all of it, he kept being like, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. You know, it was super polite. I mean, from a status perspective, they'd be totally like, well, he should have got out because they told him to get out, but he really wasn't doing anything wrong. Aside from that, if you, if you buy into their authority, then yes. But like from a from a like an anarchist perspective, he was doing nothing wrong, and they eventually pulled him out. And when they did, he yanked out his gun and blew them both away. And he had been for a good like ten minutes, be like, "Leave me alone." And like from my perspective, he did nothing more. I think I know who you're talking about. Whatsoever, I know which one you were talking about. Yeah, he did nothing morally wrong in my perspective, but it was really fucking dumb. (laughs) I think I know you're talking about. Like he pulled a gun. He pulled a gun from like under the seat while they were wrestling out, and then just like surprised both of them by like squeezing off the gun and killing them. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I saw that. It was was brutal, man. It was brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I honestly, part of me was like, hell yeah, like they shouldn't have fucked with him. Like that's what you get. Like Mm -hmm. don't fuck with people. Like you just shouldn't. They they were they they were in no moral spot to fuck with that person. Like he did nothing wrong. Still took two lives though. Yeah, that's... I I don't give a shit. Like uh, honestly, he, he wasn't doing anything wrong. For, they I feel fucked, bad. I, mean, for I feel all bad. Involved. Yeah, I, I feel, feel bad. bad but in the involved. day, the fact is, they they bought into the idea of they had some magical authority they could fuck with people like that. They can't. Yeah. They well, can't. by the end of the day, he's going to run in a jail cell for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cop killer now. Yeah, I believe yeah. the reason they pulled him over was because I saw like the dash cam. If we're talking about the same thing, he like he he drove in front of a cop like going past the lane causing the cop to have to put his brakes on so he pulled him over and he had no registration he had no license and like one other thing like he basically had three strikes boom 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 so it's like yeah i I, you know it's i'm i'm with you basically i'm with you he wasn't really hurting anybody like you shouldn't you know i that you it's it you shouldn't have to do anything but it's like can you blame the cops or do you blame like you know, the law, I guess at that point, where's, where do you circle the bot? Who's more at fault, the law or the cops? Well, I mean, here, both, here's, but, here's know, some both. Yeah, both. Sure. Yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Here's some yeah. wisdom. It's, it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by six. I believe that's the, the idiom or the phrase. And if you're in a situation like that, like, yeah, they're, they're definitely violating your rights and stuff, but yeah, you know, if you're going to kill someone, you're giving away your life. Yeah, that's my yeah. point. Like I was saying, like I'm, more, I, I am of the opinion that was morally entirely in the clear. Morally speaking, oh, sure. like yeah, if yeah. we're, if I I'm buying into that, that line of morality of like, if I'm setting my values off of you don't get to hurt people, you don't get to take their shit. If I'm setting, because I did say subject morality earlier, but this is assuming, you know, colloquially speaking, under this line of morality of like you don't get to hurt people, don't take your shit. You know, the NAP essentially under that line of reasoning, completely, one hundred percent morally in the right but it was really fucking dumb yeah 
any situation I'm in with a cop, I'm just going to do what they say because I'm yes. you know, like my life. You're looking out for yourself. Yeah. It's, it's not something I'm willing to put on the table. Yeah, I'm someone yeah. who says that's completely okay. That that guy blew away two cops. That's completely morally okay. If anything, I'm kind of like a little twinge of like, fuck, yes. Good for you, brother. Yeah, but at the same true, time, man. I'm like, at the same time, when I get pulled over, I'm like, hello, officer, how are you doing? Like, yeah. I am I am the biggest, most polite, you know, straight-laced statist ever as soon as I get pulled over. I'm yeah. not going to fuck with well, a cop. I, like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to fuck with the cops. I'm going to let the lawyers fuck with the cops. Yeah. Fighting the and cops, arguing with them. You know, creating the situation to where, you know, there would be some violent interaction where they're pulling me out of the car is just the wrong move. Yeah. yeah. Like where I kind of diverge from you is like, I don't, like, I don't, you know, him blowing away the cops. I don't see like any fuck yeah moment in that. It's just, it's, it's a terrible <laughs> situation that shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Uh, and like the, the cops shouldn't have aggressively pulled him out of the car, but like, I don't think there's any point to where he's, you know, he should have pulled out a gun rather than the, you know, like a Daniel Shriver situation where. I don't know. Obviously, they're just executed. I watched the video and they had no problem being violent with him. They they clearly didn't give a shit. So for me, from my perspective, they they were of the opinion that they could fuck with someone like that. I'm of the opinion if you think that you can fuck with someone, the only thing if that hadn't been cops, I I mean not to impinge on you or anyone. I think just about anyone had that been anyone other than cops, they would be 100% agreeing with me. Like, why oh, were you sure. doing that? Yeah. To like, yeah, yeah. fuck them. They should have got blown away. I don't give a shit about their shiny little badge. I couldn't give two flying fucks. Like so, that's so where I'm at. Your perspective yeah. is if it was two muggers trying to get you out of your car, yeah. then yeah, blow them away. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that you, you're, you're dealing with the state, you're dealing with state agents, like it's just, not wise. Just, to... just roll over and let the lawyers deal with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah I agree. This is, this, is, this is the way I had explained. That's the best solution. This, yes, is the way I I, uh, this is the way I explained it to someone once. And that's a big difference between anarchists and, and like most people. Uh, it's more of like a mindset. So if you ask somebody, cause somebody actually, cause I would say that a lot that I don't like, I don't respect the cops, but they'd say, well, but if a cop pulls you over, you do what he says. Right. And so that kind of made me thinking like, there's, there's kind of a, a mindset difference where if you ask somebody, you know, why do you, you know, why do we have police? Like if you, if you ask somebody just point blank, why do our police there? Um, the kind of somebody with like a kind of a statist, you know, mindset would say something like, well, they're, you know, they're people that we, we endow with, you know, these, you know, special kind of privileges to keep us safe. They're like these members of the community that, you know, want to, that could keep law in order. And, you know, so, you know, when they, when they pull you up. So if a cop pulls me over, I pull over because I'm a citizen and it's the right thing to do to respect the police and do what they say. But if you ask somebody like us who, you know, if you're watching the situation, you'll think that that's what I'm doing. Like if you watch a cop pull me over, you're going to think that that's kind of what I'm operating under. But the actual mindset is, you know, there's some people out there with guns and if I don't do what they tell me to do, they will ruin my life. So I need to do what they say Mm -hmm. So that my life isn't ruined. That's yeah. that's the base. And I say I feel the same way about taxes and public schools. And you know, I participate in all those things because I kind of have to, but you know, yeah, like being think, being an anarchist isn't saying like I refuse to participate. Yeah, <laughs> no I mean it's what. no it's no different than if we if we we literally could apply this situation and say this is a town and it's some it's a town that's completely run by the mafia. And someone and someone comes to someone's shop and is like, "Hey, you owe us fucking protection money or whatever." And they're like, "I don't want to give you protection money. Please go away. Please go away. Please go away." And they start fucking beating the shit out of them, and then they kill those mafia members. I would, I, it's kind of like that's where I'm at, where I'm like, "Fuck those mafia members. They shouldn't have been fucking with them." 
The mm. only difference between that mafia member and the state is this illusion of authority, this idea that for some reason they have some sort of moral authority to be able to do what they do. The, mm. like, so for the, and, and I can agree that what that person did to the mafia was dumb, like, but it, it, yeah. there's a part of me is kind of like, good for you, brother. Stick it to the man. You're probably fucked. You've got what I don't have. Yeah, you've got what I don't have the balls to do. I salute yeah. you. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm not an idiot. Like, I mean, I can be like, good for you, brother, in a sense. But at the same time, I'm like, that's really dumb. And I'm not an idiot. And if I'm confronted with people with guns and I don't have the ability to outgun those people, I'm going to fucking, oh, hello, sir. How are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Hello, I'm just a tax-paying citizen, yeah. know, officer. Yeah, for yeah. sure. One, one of the, I actually already got my son. You know, you know when when your kids grow up, they start like repeating words and stuff. So I already got him to say lawyer over and over again. <laughs> so one of his first words was lawyer. <laughs> yeah, but, um, kind of switching topics. Like, uh, have you ever watched these like criminal psychology videos? There's there's this one YouTube channel called Jim Can't Swim, where he does breakdowns of police interrogations and stuff. And you watch enough of them and you pretty much learn the takeaway is if you're ever being questioned by the police, talking to the police, just shut your mouth. Like if there's not a lawyer present, do not engage, do not interact, just be polite and be like, you know, I'd love to cooperate, but I need my lawyer here first. Like they're, they're not your friends. Yeah. Just, yeah, look <laughs> anything, at your... anything you two say will and can be used against you. So don't say anything. Have you yeah. not seen that ad that was like viral a while back where it was like that lawyer is like, if you get pulled over, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it's just no, like going on and on and on. It's like, just shut the fuck up. Just shut just the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Do what they say. <laughs> deal with it afterwards. Yep. That yeah. is the best advice. I mean, yeah, I could, sure. there's a small part of me that's like, way to go, buddy. But at the same time, I was like, that's really dumb. <laughs> yeah. Really speaking, dumb. speaking of objective morality, <laughs> your life should be the most important thing and you're trying yeah. to preserve it at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're willing to throw away your objective morality or not your objective, but your life for some principle you stand on because you're like, fuck these guys right on brother. Uh, I wouldn't, I, I, I have shit to live for. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what the libertarians need is more dumb people. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got plenty of those soldiers. It's a herd of every, retards. <laughs> every group's got its uh, its its uh, you know, plethora of retards. So we don't have to worry about. Well, that. we're more like a group of autists. We don't have a whole lot of idiots. So weaponized yeah. autism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. There's got to be something. There's probably some like historical oh, thing we don't. Did, agree you, about. did y'all have any reaction? Um, to Ashley Babbitt, the, the officer who shot her. This was the woman who, the only person who was shot. Oh yeah. I wrote that down. Yeah. That's so that's a current yeah. event thing as they, they announced no charges yeah. for the federal the, investigators found no wrongdoing in the uh, part of the officer. The one no person way. who was actually murdered that day, <laughs> like the only murder that actually took place that entire day and intentional was, murder. Like yeah. I know pulling this trigger will kill this person. <laughs> no charges. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think if that was a state cop, I think if that was a state cop, then they might have been in trouble. Um, the, the the quote was uh, that they, there was no evidence the officer wasn't in fear for his life or the congressman uh, Congress people's life, so he was in his right to shoot her. But she was unarmed. Like that wouldn't fly in any other scenario if it wasn't yeah. a federal officer. There's no I, evidence he wasn't scared. <laughs> Yeah, I think that whole thing was a calculated, like, we need to give a signal to the crowd that they cannot go any further. So we're just going to have to kill someone. Well, hey, it worked. I mean, most of the yeah. people were just aimlessly touring the uh, the Capitol building. So, like, yeah. first gunshot, everyone backed down, like, yeah. as you would expect. I think they were like, this is the one room they're not allowed in. 
So, and nobody went in there for like, you know, the post, every- the post of the riots happening in Minneapolis. Now it's just the violence from the cops. Oh, yeah, yeah. gets more violence from the protesters. As soon as the shot was fired, everybody kind of was like, Oh, we get your point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the weird moments. All the people around saw her get shot and they basically just went, Oh, she just got shot. Oh. Yeah. Deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and then they kind of walk away. Yeah. <laughs> this just got real. All right. Let's see. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, how long have we been going here? Uh, hour 15. Uh, you, you got some time to keep going or you want to wrap? We get a little bit longer. I mean, I'm right, getting cool. a little bit late for me, but. <laughs> well, I could I could keep going. This is a shorter episode. You keep it to an hour. It's like a short episode. There's got to be something. An hour and a half-ish or less. Is there anything? Really tell me. Why don't you tell me? What, what's something that you tend to? I think Rothbard was the one that, that said, like, everybody's allowed to have one contradiction. One uh, contradiction. Yeah, you're allowed to have one where you're just like, yeah, this doesn't fit into the, the grand formula, but I don't care. Like you have one. Mine, mine is mine is declaring the moon the fifty first state. I can't really think of. We should have done that. Head. I mean, really, I can't I mean, think has, of any. Has manifest destiny ended? Can we can still do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't really think of one off the top of my head. To be oh, honest, got to be one. <laughs> hmm. Man, let me think. What What about you, Nick? Contradiction. Yeah. I mean, like I mean, okay, I mean, I'll give you. I'll give you a good example. Like the the nukes. That's a good example. Like I want the federal government to be completely dissolved, but you know, they need to stay at least to keep the nukes. Like that's my one. I don't know if this is a contradiction, but I think if you have the ability to build a nuke, you should be able to own one. That's not a, a what's well, no, a contradiction is like, you know, cause libertarians are all about like having governing formula. Like they're trying to reduce, reduce, reduce everything so that you can explain like, and then how it's entire a society would work with just some base like formula. And, you know, that's the autistic when they when they call the libertarians autistic, that's what they're making fun of them for is just, you know, I I hate the military industrial complex, but I love the military equipment. (laughs) Some of the raddest shit out there. It's not. not. I I don't know. Some of it's pretty cool. (laughs) You don't think like A-10 Warthog? The the Warthog is pretty fucking dope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that would never exist without a state, but I'm glad it does exist. I mean, the Warhog yeah. is pretty goddamn dope because it's literally a plane fucking built around a gun. And like, that's like all it is. It's just a big giant gun. It's funny because <laughs> they've been trying to get rid of it for forever, but they're like, this just thing's just so fucking dope. Yeah, it's, too <laughs> cool. it's too cool to get rid to decommission. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty good for like low fucking like air to ground shit because you're just like. I don't know. Is yeah. I know. I, that's actually a good question. I'd probably have to think on that for a while because I'm sure there's something. I want to say my immediate instinct is the abortion thing because if I do think because a lot of my argument for why it's not okay relies, I think, on contract theory and how like implicit contracts. But even then, I'm not sure if that stands up because it kind of gets in the weeds. And I've listened to Cancel a little bit on his contract theory. And I feel like it might fuck up my concept of like why abortion is wrong like per that but it, i don't know that gets like way into the autistic weeds yeah like, at the end of the day i'm just like i don't know i don't like it but then i don't want to fucking state to do a goddamn thing about okay. it so yeah this is too, <laughs> too abstract let's just say i, I got a, I, I got another simple one like i think the idea of stimulus checks and printing money to hand everyone like you know a, a check that's gonna you know be eroded by inflation is retarded but at the same time like yeah i'll take the check thank you that's a good one, <laughs> that, that's a good one. if i thought of that, i might have thought of that or thought a little bit longer. Thought that because that is like I'm very, 
I was, I feel like this past year has really pushed me over the edge there. Where like, I don't know if I necessarily am completely collapsitarian, but I'm like, you know what? Keep on printing that, keep printing them stimmies, baby. Because I'm going to take that money. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I, pay off debt, buy guns, buy fucking oh, so ammo, what, you know, what whatever. What caliber did your stimulus check come in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 300 blackout, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, 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 yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I am. Um, I'm very yeah. much, if anything, I'm all like, woohoo, give me my stimmies. Like, I don't give a shit. Cause I've just like, I used to have this illusion, even as an anarchist that somehow maybe we could like, you know, through incrementalism somehow dial it back. But I genuinely am of the opinion that maybe I'm not necessarily, it's necessarily saying I want it to die like that on off. So as we were saying earlier, but I almost see it more as like an inevitability. So it's like, why would I fight it when I have, I can be like, give me the goddamn stimmies. Cause I saw so many people oh, who yeah. were like, a lot of people were like, "You can, I'm gonna give them my stimmies back." I'm like, "Okay, oh okay, <laughs> retard." <laughs> yeah, I can agree. Yeah. It's a good idea, but they're giving it to me, and why would I put myself at a disadvantage compared to everyone else? So, okay. I mean, you, you kind of did give it back because it's like the the stimulus check came out to like, or the the, the bill was like six thousand dollars per American, and they gave you fourteen hundred bucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, it's you're net negative. It's all <laughs> yeah. psychological. Yeah. Yeah. One of the dumbest, one of the dumbest uh, angles of argument I saw on uh, social media once was when they would talk about this, the tax breaks that Trump made, like he he gave everyone ta like a tax cut. And so some like super left wing rich people would make these videos with the dramatic music where they stand in front of the camera and they're like, I'm in the 1% and I would like to be taxed more. And they go into this big spiel about how it's just terrible that Trump isn't taking more of their tax money. I'd like to give this tax money to help people, but I, I'm not being taxed. And it's just like, you think if they just handed a check to the government, they wouldn't take it? Yeah. This right, person can just give them more money. Yeah, it was, so, yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was so dumb. Yeah, I usually don't comment on stuff often, but I have to say that. It's like uh, if, if your if your bank makes a mistake and accidentally throws ten grand into your account, you can give it back. No. Yeah. Oh, here <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to hope they don't realize the mistake. <laughs> Go on with their yeah, life. <laughs> it's wrong for me to take this from you. Hey, so let's spend the last part of the episode talking about like podcasting. Um, let's uh, let's. I was that was what I was going to make the most of the episode be about. It just didn't kind of end up that way though. Yeah, we go um, for another two so, hours. We can we can still yeah. that goal. <laughs> So, so, so tell me about how long you've, like, how long have you been doing this? Like, when did you, when did you get the idea and how did it kind of stop? What kind of things did you learn that kind about of About 50 weeks, I'm guessing. You said you're on your 50th episode. <laughs> uh, no, not quite. I didn't like, I usually do about like two weeks, sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, so on average, probably about two weeks, but I, I don't know. I've been doing it for like six months ish, uh, give or take six um, months. So we do suck. So the answer is clear. Now we just suck. <laughs> how long y'all been doing it? Probably about the same amount of time. It's not like, uh, it's not like I'm a, some success story. So, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you get, you get, yes. uh, you got cameras. Success story yet. <laughs> yeah. Yet. I mean, well, maybe once I get that, like Dave Smith bump on these days, <laughs> fucking drive please retweet me, please retweet me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no fucking, uh, I don't know. I've been doing about six months. I, um, started, uh, this like was born out of the coup big time. Cause the coup was like a weird time. I had a lot more time mm -hmm. in my hands. Uh, like that, the height of the coup, um, Coof. the coup. Yeah. Fucking, um, what it's that actually was born out of Facebook group. Like, when this all started getting crazy, like it was really weird. I was super duper duper fucking blackpilled for a minute. I was like, thought this was gonna get really fucking wild. This is um, the end. 
yeah, I was like, oh shit, like we need a group together. And so we like me and some buddies created a fucking Facebook group and it was called the Liberty Movement. And the whole concept was it was to focus on cultural uh, aspects and not and not the political stuff. Because our idea, and I still kind of believe in it, is that the thing that separates us Liberty folks the most is the fucking political shit. Uh, so like the idea was to be like more cultural. It was more of a spot to come together. I mean, I kind of wanted to like get a little agorism going there too. We kind of created a whole lot of state chapters. We got a lot of cool stuff that came out of it, but then eventually I kind of wanted to do an outlet of doing like a YouTube channel. I was going to focus on cultural topics. Uh, and that was what that Liberty movement channel was. And that ended up being like a revolving thing of shows. So there are other shows in that there's my show that's on that channel. I told you guys earlier kind of briefly that I'm probably not going to do anymore because it's become a handful, but someone else could take it over if they want to. Um, but yeah. And then I, I cause I started doing my own show to contribute to that. And then after a while of doing, cause I kind of started on that channel. And then after a while I created my own channel. Cause I was like, I can't, I was only doing cultural topics for a while. And after a while I'm like, I can't just fucking like, it's just like if I pigeon my whole pigeonhole myself a little bit too much. Luckily, I didn't pick a name that I was like cultural only fucking podcast or some right. shit. Yeah. So like I was able to like easily branch out. Uh, and so then I kind of got a point where I was doing like half and half. Now I'm getting to a point where it's hard to do half and half. So that's kind of why I'm like partially why I'm dropping off from the Liberty Movement channel. But um, yeah, so anyways, kind of like it was born of that. And I have a podcast. I'm like 50, almost 50 episodes deep. And I've had a lot of cool guests. Um, cool. Was there more of a question? Were you asking like if I had any like tips or anything like that? I mean, we well, just like what you learned. Just talk about like things that you learned along the way. If anyone's listening, definitely not us. But if anyone's listening who wants like you know some learn learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, I mean, obviously it's a very very crowded market, if you will, if you're looking at it that way. So, I mean, I was expecting to have a. I, I never started with some like idea of grandiose, like I was going to be fucking huge or anything. I was hoping to have by this point or a little bit earlier, have a little bit of a revenue stream, but I'm actually breaking even. I perfectly just broke even after six hey. months. I broke even because I, I have to pay for the, the stream yard and I have a Patreon and I finally got to the point where my Patreon, I, I think I make technically $1 a month off of podcasting now. So um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know how this curve works. If there's like a certain point, I do. I have noticed it seems like when people get to the like 50 to 100 or above, that's when people really start to see like, oh shit, these people have it. Cause hmm. like, I do think when people see like, oh, this person only has 20 episodes, they're like, hmm, I don't know. But when you have like 200 episodes or 100, then they're like, oh, this person's been around for a while. They must be good, you know? So that's yeah. when you probably start okay. getting more buy in. And, and there's, there's also that initial buy in too. I had a huge boom at the beginning. That's one thing. Like, I think it fucks with you a little bit is I know at the beginning when I first started podcasting, like I had a good boom of views at the beginning, but I think there's this like boom of excitement when someone sees a new podcast. But then once you get to like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, whatever episodes, that's when people start like dying off and that initial excitement dies off. So there is mm -hmm. a very much like, if you want a podcast, accept the fact you're probably not going to make money or you're probably going to lose money for probably like at least is six months ish. I mean, depending on how you go about it, you might not lose money, but you're probably not going to make much money until I'd, I'd probably guess, I mean, from where I'm at now, doing the six months, probably over a year. And even then, probably not make, when I say not make much, I mean, like, basically at all. So, like, even like six months from now, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm only making like 50 bucks a month off this. I don't know. Who knows what the future brings? I could fucking make it big by the time. I don't know. But I mean, I, is, if you're doing this to be rich, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, is, it is your goal to make money or is this just kind of for fun? I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, it was, 
it was it was born out of that group, but I like a small part is like, I don't know, it might not be bad to develop a multi another revenue stream. Cause that's my big thing. I'm very agorist minded. And so I'm all about other revenue streams. Like I told you, I have a full-time job being like military. I have a side gig. My wife has a full-time job. Um, so like, and this was like another thing I can do. I'm like, this isn't like too intensive of work. Uh, it's like two days a week. I got to do, it's like an hour to two hours worth of work. If you will call it that, you know, and, you know, eventually, you know, I, I make a turn some small profit, you know, not saying a lot, just multiple revenue streams is always nice, you know? So not that I yeah. ever had any ideas to make a shitload of money off it, but I'm definitely not against the idea. I'm a capitalist in the truest sense. So right on no, like no uh, patreon.com. No way. Like it goes to 2020. If you want to give me fucking money. So, um, yeah, I'm all about making money. I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm not, yeah. like I said, though, if you're here to make money, uh, then you better be prepared for the long haul or have some sort of like, you know, big capital to put into it for like advertising. Maybe you could pull it off then. Obviously I haven't put any money into advertising whatsoever. So it's also like completely that I know a lot, a lot of people make big podcasts by putting a lot of money to advertising off the bat. Cause you can do that too. So I don't, I don't know. know if I could live with myself having to plug something for a show, like to be in a commercial. I don't know. I might have to shoot myself if I do that. Just a second. I got to talk about our sponsor, Me Undies. Oh, that? Oh, I'm all that. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Oh, You Hack. I will sell anything. I don't give a shit. Give me money. I will fucking push your product. <laughs> I mean, maybe not anything, but most anything. <laughs> we got to go on the uh, the Alex Jones subscription where we just sell penis pills and vitamin water. What's it called? Male vitality or pure vitality or something? Yeah. Dude, his his fish oil commercial was one of the funniest commercials I've ever seen. I loved it. <laughs> They're putting chemicals in the water that turn the frogs gay. But these <laughs> ones undo it. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's oh another thing for those if like I do more interview. It seems like you guys do more like a uh, current events. Sometimes do interviews. I pretty much only do interviews. I've done a couple solo episodes. I suck at those. I do really good when I have someone to bounce off of. If you're doing the interview model, do not ever be ashamed to ask someone. You'd be surprised at people who say yes. I've had basically damn near the biggest voices in this like area that I am in, like the liberty movement, if you will, that have like, you know, I've had a lot of big names in here. I mean, not like the big names there are also those like few ones that are like goddamn gems to get like the Tom Woods, the Dave Smith. Those are borderline impossible to get. You got to, you got to put in your time and effort for that. But just about everyone else, it's, it's an ask away. Most of them are like, you'd be surprised the people that you're like, you think are like, there's no way they'd say, yeah. And they're like, yep, yeah, let's do it. When do you want to do it? Yeah, and not sure. only will they do it, they're generally super easy. Like to like scheduling wise and everything. They're not like these difficult, like divas, like you think they might be. So I don't know oh. if this is smart as talking like this. We might be raising our competitors. Right? We shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> eh. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. We got Scott Horton on. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's I, I, like, yeah. Yeah, I feel so like this guy's famous and I'm yeah, talking so to him. Scott will go on with everybody, anybody. And that's a perfect example of that. So I thought we were special. <laughs> I yeah. thought he was my friend. <laughs> yeah, my what I really like doing, I like the original format we have, which is like we break down topics we want to talk about. But there's two problems with that. Number one, we just don't have the time to make new ones over and over again. Uh, and two, people like the the guest episodes just get way more viewers. Like you really can't grow if you just stay doing that. You kind of just have to piggyback off of other people's followers and stuff and pull them over to yours. I think the uh, the, the interview episodes are more fun too. Yeah, I mean, I like talking to you, Chris. But I mean, 
Basically. <laughs> Other people are cooler. <laughs> the best way to get popular is to leech off the popularity of others. Hang out with the cool kids. I mean, that's the reason why they're popular. They have interesting things to say. So, <laughs> ask Jose if I can sit at their table next time you're over there, please, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, another thing. Do you th am I going to have to get a camera? Probably. I don't want to do it, man. I like that y'all can't see me. We want to know like what your it. hairline's like. Is it better than mine, or <laughs> no? Nah, I'm, I'm not ready. To, I don't. I'm not ready. I'm. I'm between you two. I, you know, I don't have beautiful hair like Jose, but you know, I'm not cue ball like Nick, but I'm the pathetic <laughs> middle ground where it's like, I'm still hanging on. <laughs> just get a cool let background. It, let it go. It'll be good. Nah, I'm not worried about the background. I just, uh, I like that. I can kind of like fiddle with stuff and not like, I, I can look like I'm not really paying attention. <laughs> you, can, you can get one of those filters and you can be like a banana or a pirate or something, just something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, hey, can, can I ask you, um, You've got a lot of cool stuff in the background on your wall there. You see, like a Captain America shield, a bunch of comic books. You really into like comic books and all kinds of. Are you a huge Marvel fan? Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily. I'm a comic book fan in general, ish. I mean, I'm not as big as I used to be. I still like to read occasionally. I don't know. It's just cool shit I've like collected over time. I have like this. I have this like room that's called a sitting room in my house, which is like a basically a useless room other than for like a study or something. Cause it serves no purpose. It's a join to my master bedroom. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I had nothing to do with it other than to decorate it, make it kind of like a study type area. So I was like, I'll make it fucking dope. Um, I, don't know, I have a lot of cool random shit in here. Like, yeah. yeah that's an awesome backdrop. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. I put a lot of work into that. One of the posters fell. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was done intentionally. I assumed every yeah. single speck in there. I heard um, that if someone's observant, they probably can see it in the background, but they watch the video later. So <laughs> yeah. So I also heard I also heard on a podcast episode I listened with you. It was about parenting. You said you had kids that are eleven and uh, and what? What was the other one? Eleven and eight. Those are how. So, dude, that's that's pretty, like because you're just a, like a year or two younger than us. So so you were a dad for a, a like a long time, like way earlier than most people. Yeah, this dude fucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I was pumping and dumping from a young age. Yeah. I married really young, too. So, I mean, I'm yeah. still the same woman. So, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's all right, I guess, but <laughs> she's all right yeah, for now. She's yeah. the first one who would stick around. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I right, can relate to that. I, I married my high school sweetheart. Well, I mean, I went, my wife was in my high school sweetheart, but she was actually like the first, she was actually the first woman I ever slept with that I actually liked. I was actually a, a, a man whore and I slept with a ton of women. Like I've been around, I've lived, I've lived a full life in that regard. Like, but then like I met her and then like, I don't know. I just settled down immediately. I don't, I don't fucking know. It just, it worked out that way. She uh, was the one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was, I just didn't feel like putting in that groundwork anymore. Yeah, <laughs> There's I, I, gotta I, be an I, easier I, way. This one will do. Yeah. <laughs> There's gotta be an easier way. Can I do honey, this without I, taking someone out to dinner every time? Honey, I want to let you know I settled. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, too, a lot of people assume that I like knocked her up, and that's why we got married. We actually got married really quick, but no, I actually like knocked her up like immediately after I got married. So, because I was just, 
I was young and dumb and just pumping and dumping, and I just didn't know what I just didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> Dude, so here's here's another. I, I figured it out. Here's here's my here's my contradiction. I um I figured it out. So um aren't aren't kids aren't kids slaves? Oh my god, you want to go down this route? This is we're already at hour thirty five. That's a whole other thing, and I I haven't really gone down that road. I know there's a big. That's what I should have said. I, I would say the parents are the slaves. That's how I feel. Ah. my kids are two so like i'm just there are multiple fucking routes i haven't put a whole lot of thought in the whole like parenting and when it comes to like rights and such because that is a big thing like uh, i don't remember what rothbard's perspective was but i know there are a lot of different distinctions some of them have some weird conclusions that you can get to like i know rothbard was in the opinion that you technically didn't have to like feed your kids if you didn't want to per like the league his legal theory like, I don't know. There's a, there, I have never gone down too far down that road. The other day, I'm going to not treat my kids like shit to the best of my ability. <laughs> There's this thing called love, and yeah. it makes me do irrational you can, you things. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we can we can talk. I'll give you some time to think about it then, and maybe we can uh, we can touch on that next time. How's that sound? You interested in uh, coming back? Yeah, sure. I'm on a, I'm a third way through Ethics of Liberty. I think it's a... Uh, awesome. I think it's that book that he goes into a lot of his... Uh, his concepts on uh parental rights and children's rights and shit so uh, i'll see where i come to after that uh all right it's always like a cancer whenever i see that shit on twitter when people are arguing that i'm just like i stay clear away from that oh i don't argue it at all it, it's not even something i'm really that interesting in delving into it's just i just kind of laugh and go yeah i guess they are and i just you know keep chopping carrots or whatever i was doing yeah. those always <laughs> really disgusting weird places where people start calling each other pedophiles and shit and like oh or you're cool with slavery and you're like i, I don't want any part of this conversation <laughs> <laughs> i'm staying out of this one so after right. you finish the book next podcast you're gonna tell us all about how you sold your kids <laughs> oh actually i don't know if i'm know if i'm remembering this correctly but i had a buddy who actually got doxxed a while back because he fucking and they the person went back and was like taking pictures of like shit they had said and they i think they had at one point gone that exact argument of like children's rights and they snipped something that he said sarcastically about pedophilia that made it look like he he had a context was like being like yeah you can fuck kids oh, and brother. like it was business he got fired i was like holy shit like uh yeah so the, the, you can get i probably best to stay away from that one <laughs> Um, well, no, I don't, I'm not going to talk about pedophilia. I definitely don't think about pedophilia. <laughs> I'm the least pedo person on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Last chance, man. Here's your official chance to plug something. Uh, no way, Jose. That's my podcast. It's on YouTube. Um, also anywhere fucking audio podcasts are at, uh, go give me money at patreon.com. So no way, Jose 2020. Let me keep doing this. I'd like to make money. As we were talking earlier, I'm getting out of the military soon, so it would be nice to have a little bit of extra money. I have no delusions of being rich, but anything you can chuck my way will be fucking helpful because it's going to be a weird transition here soon. Uh, yeah, go subscribe because I'm fucking. Uh, I'm almost at 200 subscribers. I really want to get to 300. And this isn't some like skeevy shit. The reason why I want to hit 300 is because I want to be able to put my shit up on Odyssey and not have to manually upload because I'm a lazy bitch. And I just want – if you get to 300 subs, it'll sink. That's really – I'm not like trying to be like, oh, I'm not trying to extend my platform or whatever. I mean, I'm definitely I'm about that, but I'm not like trying to be like a super grifter and extend my shit. I just want to be able to like put it on Odyssey and not have to manually yeah. upload it because I'm a lazy bitch. <laughs> Well, well, Jose, you talk the talk and you can name drop. So we, we definitely try to have you back. So it's, uh, oh, yeah, it's been I, a got, lot of I got, 
I got one final question. When you get out of the military, are you buying a Dodge Charger or a Camaro? Like, what are you going with? Uh, I already had a, uh, a fucking Charger before, so you know. Standard you know. issue, right? <laughs> and when I get out, I don't know. Right now, I have a car I bought for like nine k. Like, and it's fucking, it's a piece of shit, but it fucking, it's 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 paid for. That's all I want. So nice. Yeah. Ideally, in the future, I'd like to be financially independent. That's where I'd like to get to. But that, that we're always one wheel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then That's you're gonna want to, then you're gonna want a Cybertruck. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna lie, dude. <laughs> well, there goes there that. goes that. Okay, cool. we'll talk about Cybertrucks next time too. I can go talk about Cybertrucks forever. <laughs> yeah, those look dope. Oh yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. Peace, everybody. Till next time. Appreciate Peace. You